1: Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.
2: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern.
1: Welcome in to a December 14th edition of Daily Face-Off Live. 11 more days until Christmas. Hope everybody watching has got their Christmas shopping done. Welcome into the show live on the Daily Face-Off YouTube where we are looking for inbox questions, so drop them in with the hashtag AskDFO. The show, as always, is brought to you by Batano Thursday Night Football, a big NHL slate, plenty going on over on Botano.ca. Frank, you done your Christmas shopping?
0: I am. Unfortunately, I didn't properly plan out the delivery of such gift and it just happened to come to the door and my wife answered it and i was like oh crap so yeah, yeah i got her an espresso machine and needless to say she has since been using said espresso machine not to be opened on christmas
1: that's uh, still nothing wrong with getting it a little bit early uh what about you get- are you done Oh uh, yeah, I am. I am done. Done. I am good to go. Uh, so I'm very proud of that fact as well. I like getting ahead of things early, and then you're just stress free rolling into the holidays. Yeah, love to see that. All right, uh, let's get into our topics for the day. Uh, speaking of Christmas, it probably feels like Christmas for Penguins fans because their power play is finally scoring. They're not just scoring back to back games with multiple goals on the man advantage, and with that. Pittsburgh has rattled off a couple of victories, an insane, what, 12-13 round shootout last night with Jansen Harkins scoring the game-winning goal. Uh, Pittsburgh starting to show us something that they really haven't throughout the year, and that is an ability for their man advantage that features, what, one, two, three, four potential Hall of Famers at times on the ice? Frank, it's a big step if their power play can take or continue to look the way it has for the last two games.
0: It just shows how much of a difference it can be in the game. It can help deliver in a close game. That's three, three. It can deliver that extra goal or gets you tied up again. And if it's not going, which it wasn't for the Pittsburgh Penguins for so long this season, then you're really at a significant disadvantage. And to see the the way it's clicked in these last two games, four goals in the last two after not scoring for nearly a calendar month, like they had gone 27 days at one point between power play goals. That's an incredible stretch of futility. And and the way that they've been able to find that again is just such a shot in the arm for a team that for the most part at even strength has played pretty fine hockey this season. Like if they could just get a little bit extra, a little bit of a boost from that power play, I think you see the Pittsburgh Penguins make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And it's worth noting too, like even in the month of November, they weren't terrible. Like you said, at five on five, they're good. Sidney Crosby scoring at a nearly 50 goal pace. Uh, Tristan Jari has been incredible throughout stretches this season as well. But you look in November and if you take out empty netters, it's one, two, three, four, one goal losses. Like if your power play has a pulse in two of those games, you have an extra four points in the standings. Then you do the math and you go, whoa, we're feeling way better about this Penguins team. So just the power play waking up alone, like, for me takes their playoff chances from like somewhere in the forties to somewhere in the sixties.
0: Yeah. I think that's an exact accurate uh, depiction of where they're at that without it. And if it continues to slide, they're going to be in big trouble. And if they could just doesn't need to be all world, it doesn't need to be leading the league or in the top five, but just have some level of competency that I think with this collection of players, you would expect as a baseline for one power play unit. They're going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, uh, Tristan Jari, a nine seventeen save percentage on the year. He's been very, very good. He also has a goal on the season. You got to give him a shout out for that. But if Jari can stay hot and this Penguins team can keep looking the way they have at five on five, like I think they maybe have an Oilers-esque heater uh, where they can rattle off six, seven wins in a row. And yeah. if they do that, I, you don't see that?
0: No, I, I'm not. Yeah. I don't think they're in, in the same spot as well as Sidney Crosby has played. Um, that they have the capability with their depth being what it is to go on a run like that. I don't,
1: fair enough. Right now, they sit just four points back of the Philadelphia Flyers for not just a playoff spot, but one of those Metro Division spots as well. Like, not even getting into a wild card race. It is nice, Frank. The last couple of years, it's felt like in the East, the playoff teams are like more early, seven of them are more or less set by the trade deadline, or even January a couple of years ago. It's nice to see there's a bit more parity, especially in the Metro. It really feels like any combination, like maybe the Rangers are the step above everyone, but from the Islanders down to the Penguins, it feels like all those teams could find a way to get in.
0: Yeah, Islanders now in second place in the Metro of four straight wins, and we'll get to them in a second.
1: We will, but first we'll head out West where it was a milestone night for the other guy who's out of the QMJHL, Nathan McKinnon. He racked up his 800th career point. And when you look amongst active players, this one from NHL stats of where he ranks in terms of games it took him to get to 800, he is in some elite company. And Frank, when you look back at how his career started, it makes it even more remarkable yeah. that he got to this point and still stayed, again, in between guys like Malkin, In It took him until his fifth season
0: to finally have his first point-per-game
1: campaign. It's pretty remarkable.
0: It's been an absolute assault on the NHL since then and went back and crunched some numbers this morning. Since 2017-18, Nathan McKinnon has 594 points in 438 games. Just assist-wise alone, he's almost at a point-per-game, and he scored 221 goals in that span. It's been pure dominance and to see the way that his game took that incredible step up from really good um you know, when you take a look at his career, really good first overall pick and entrance into the league and 63 points that first year, but his his first few years, 63, 38, 52, 53. Since then, 97, 99, 93, 65 and 48, 88 and 65, 111. And already this year, 41 and 29. So that part has been insane. And it's it's been very consistent since then. More than that, there's also just this physical component to him that makes him an absolute freak. And you have to look no further than him putting Jeff Skinner almost into the second row at Ball Arena last night. Check this out. This hit, it's unbelievable. If you look at the way... And there's another angle of this too. The way that Skinner hits the boards, his head is a, he's like a bobblehead. And, and we're not talking about someone who is light on their skates and Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner is one of the best skaters in the league. Bar none. And he's thick. And, and McKinnon runs him right over. So there's some facet of McKinnon's game that's, that's just, he will bull you over. And that is so incredibly impressive to watch.
1: Four multi-point games in his last five. He's riding a 13-game point streak. He's up to third in league scoring. And yesterday on Oilers Nation every day, Frank, we were talking about Bedard and that release, right? And it's like, okay, that might be the one thing that like only Connor Bedard can do. It'll become the vintage Bedard thing. McDavid has a couple of things in his game that you go, okay, only he can do the combination McKinnon has of that physicality and the way he just moves like an oversized bowling ball, like ripping through the ice that moment going and laying out a guy like that and then also doing the stuff he does with the puck like those are the kind of things that only nathan mckinnon can really do
0: yeah and i'll say this don't sleep on the abs in general since the season started 17 regulation wins one back of only the vancouver canucks who lead the league with 18 and we'll talk canucks in a minute with david quadrelli of Canucks army, but man, 17 regulation wins. No joke for the Avs.
1: Not at all. A two game winning streak has them back atop the central division. Let's head back out East Frank and talk a little bit about the New York Islanders. We hinted at it in our first topic, but I mean, if we have flash up the Metro division standings again, the Rangers looking like the class of that division, the blue jackets, they're out of it. Forget about it. But if you were to take two through seven, My prediction at the beginning of the year almost would have been the exact reverse of this thing. Like the fact the Islanders have done what they've done. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago we had Arthur Staple on the show and we're talking about a team that just looked painfully average. I I think it was last week. Yeah, they were blowing leads in the third period. They couldn't hang on to anything. Their offense didn't look like it had anywhere near a pulse and. Now you go and look, and not only are some of their big guns up front scoring, but over their last five games, every forward line has contributed at least three-plus goals in that stretch, and they're doing it with a banged-up blue line, too. Like, I don't know. There's there's a lot going right for this Islanders team, and I don't know if I quite fully believe in them, but damn it, they're making it hard to make a case against them.
0: Well, if you don't believe in them, and I'm not entirely certain that I believe in them, that doesn't really matter. The fact is... They clearly believe in them. If you listen to them talk after games, they're in this and you know, it's a subtle ad, but you add someone like Robert Bertuzzo on the back end with all the injuries that they've had, the veteran status having won a Stanley cup and part of some really good St. Louis blues teams just comes in for a, a, a nothing price and kind of changes the mix of your blue line changes, the mix of your team, not saying that's a big reason why they've won four straight, but, I think this Islander team, if they can defend well enough, which they have done a pretty good job and they continue to get bailed out by their goaltenders, who I'd say if they're not the number two, then they're definitely the number three best tandem in the league with how well Varlamov is playing at this stage in his career. And Sorokin has really found himself. They just need to score more. And that's the one big concern I have is how top heavy this Islander team is in terms of point production and goals. Dobson has had a master, massive season, a monster season, is what I meant to say. Matt Barzell has had arguably the best season of his career to this point. But once you get past those top three, four, five Islander scorers, things really fall off in a hurry.
1: Uh, David Wilson in the chat says, just imagine if Horvat heats up a little bit. And, and sure, that would help, but it wouldn't really address the issue which again is bottom six scoring and i know i brought up the stat of three plus goals for each of these lines in their last five games but i mean like simon holstrom isn't popping home four shorties over a 12 game stretch all that often like there is a little bit of it that feels just a hair unsustainable
0: yeah and that part is certainly concerning but as we just talked about with the metro and the east standings in general it's kind of wide open do you remember a time when the east has felt this wide open over the last number of years
1: Yeah, and and I mean, not to trigger you too hard with early trade deadline talk, Frank, but it's going to make for a fascinating situation if it stays this tight leading up to the deadline. Like, which GMs are going to be bold enough to buy? Will anyone do the, okay, we're close, but we're not cup contenders. I'm going to sell even though we're two points out of a playoff spot. Like, when you look at these teams, and again, just the fact that the Islanders and Flyers specifically have built them up a little bit or built themselves a hair of wiggle room here, those two and everyone else, like they all might stay in the race is kind of my point.
0: Yeah. And, and I would say the bigger question when it comes to the Islanders is for a GM and Lou Lamorello, who's continued to double triple down on this team. What can they really do to even add? I mean, how, what assets would they be willing to part with in order to make something happen? That's the fascinating thing is this team is kind of locked in in many ways to what they already have.
1: Yesterday, we got some interesting news out of Minnesota, Frank, and it seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Chris O'Hearn and the Wild have mutually agreed to part ways. The release says the Wild will not comment further on this time. I was reading a little bit of what Michael Russo had to say about this, and he pointed out, you know, AGM since 2019 and the chief contract negotiator for the Wild, like an important part of this front office, not just a little behind the scenes character. Um, Is there anything more to this? Can you maybe give us some context?
0: Yeah, it's a really tough one to sift through. The Wild have been incredibly closed-lipped about this, but you've seen the reporting from Michael Russo, and I can confirm that there's been, I think, a couple different investigations ongoing, and it's pretty clear to me and everyone that's looking into this that there's some kind of um, inappropriate action. I don't know exactly what it was, but there's no reason that chris o'hearn and the wild would who just by the way received a contract extension somewhat recently and the wild are mutually agreeing to part ways something is not right here i think the big question that i have that many other people around the league have is how far reaching does this go what exactly is happening in minnesota and are there going to be further repercussions here that's the part that i think a lot of people are trying to figure out today and not only that but for a mostly tight front office group as Michael Russo pointed out and the work that Chris O'Hearn does managing the salary cap. Um, it's been a big part of their day-to-day life. Where do they go from here? Who do they hire? It's a really important job for a team that has 14.7 million bucks in dead cap space.
1: Yeah. So we haven't quite heard the last of this situation from Minnesota. Um, definitely something we'll be covering over on dailyfaceoff.com. Let's move along to our big segment for the day and head out to the coast, go and talk some Vancouver Canucks. The All 32 is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Nation at 25, no matter what you need for the holiday season. If you're throwing a big holiday party and you don't have time to go to the grocery store, make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. David Quadrelli from Canucks Army joining us on the show. Quads, appreciate you swinging by to talk a little Vancouver Canucks and a team that's on a three-game heater. They were basically, or they were more or less, a 500 hockey team for the month of November, and it led to some people being like, okay, maybe they're not as strong as they showed in October has this three-game winning streak maybe shown you something that, or have they shown you something in that stretch that they didn't through the month of November?
3: Yeah, I think, first of all, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Good afternoon, Frank. I know you're on the East Coast there, but uh, yeah, I I think it showed us that this team, when they're well-prepared and they have their legs under them, this is what they look like. And this is, more similar to what they looked like in October. Uh, They're not quite on the same PDO bender that they were back in October quite yet, but we knew some regression was coming. And that was kind of the thing that was discussed a lot in this market was how bad would the regression be? And we all kind of thought, you know, with the way they're playing, the regression isn't going to mean they fall off a cliff and go on a seven game skid it means that when they have a tough schedule the way they did in the month of November where there's a lot of travel there's a lot of games and a lot of days like guys the Canucks played 7 games in 11 nights and that was kind of the stretch of the schedule where Rick Talkett was talking about yeah this is going this is going to be tough and they lost they lost some games on on that stretch and they played some games where they didn't look like the same team that they did back in October um one thing that i don't know is getting a lot of recognition outside of the market is that Rick Tockett, who's never coached a team with a travel schedule like the Canucks, he's kind of identified that okay, me canceling some practices is going to benefit these guys more. Um, after that loss to the New Jersey Devils, where they lost by a final score of six to five and really blew the game in the last 30 seconds after a pretty, pretty remarkable comeback, um, Rick Tockett canceled practice the next day. And he just said, Nope, you guys need a rest. You played hard in the third period, you need a rest. They come out and they beat the Minnesota Wild 2-0. And then he cancels practice again. And then they play well against the Carolina Hurricanes. And then he cancels practice again. Basically, it's been a string of canceled practices, which as a media member, I love that. But he's been talking about how these guys need rest more than they need to get back out on the ice. And there was a stretch this past weekend where Quinn Hughes, who had one of his worst games this season, hands down, on Saturday night, there was an optional practice on Sunday. So Hughes didn't go to that, obviously. Then there was a completely canceled practice on Monday. So Quinn Hughes had two days off, comes back and puts up uh, two points the next night. And he was going through a stretch where he had three points in six games prior to that. So we were starting to see Quinn Hughes slow down. And it's really just because this team is getting tired and Rick Tockett's very cognizant of that. And I think that's something that needs to be discussed for sure. I'm
0: going to write that down. Quads hates practice. Okay, (laughs) now that we got that settled, I want to ask you a question that, Yesterday on my weekly appearance on Canucks Army, you guys posed to a Canucks conversation, excuse me, that uh, you guys posed to me. uh, And it's real simple. The big three have gotten a ton of love, Pedersen, Hughes and Demko. But if you were to look at this Canucks team and how this year has unfolded, who would be your
3: unsung hero? Man, it's crazy to call him an unsung hero in year six, where everybody thought he was the second coming of Pavel Bure after his rookie season, but Brock Besser, like Brock Besser has looked phenomenal this season. And the thing that we were discussing so much yesterday is that this guy isn't just a goal scorer like he was in his rookie season. He's gone through so much development as a player where he's learned so much about uh, the 200 foot game being responsible at both ends of the ice and look like people are people will notice he's on the top line that line that you're looking at with JT Miller and Niels Huglander the JT Miller line has been getting hard matched all season long it hasn't been the Elias Pedersen line it's been the JT Miller line and Brock besser has been a very very key part of that line um, you know the way he goes into board battles now the way he wins pucks back You just you didn't even see it last year. Like we were breaking down his defensive profile last year. The Canucks were getting slaughtered at even strength with him on the ice and this season is the complete opposite not only is he scoring goals but he's scoring them by getting into the dirty areas of the ice which he just he didn't do in any year prior to this one and we know about his big off season of training we know about him uh rescinding his trade request that he had made at the start of the year he believed in what rick Tocket was telling him and he's getting rewarded for it right now he had a big off season of training and now Uh, we're, we're kind of seeing the effects of it, but it has to be Brock Besser, um, as my unsung hero, but I'll, I'll give a runner up vote with the non-obvious answer and go with Sam Lafferty. Um, this is a guy who they get for a fifth round pick and he's outscoring guys like Sebastian Ajo. I only know that because they played Carolina I was like in my game sheet and they had the same number of goals, which was baffling to me. Uh, Sam Lafferty acquired to be a fourth liner was probably going to end up on the waiver wire. He's playing on the first line with Elias Pettersson, or I should say the second line. The lines are a little interesting in Vancouver here, but um, he's playing on a top six line and he's playing with Elias Pettersson, and he's doing it quite well. Uh, Frank? I was going to we-
0: say, here's what makes your answer so interesting is the fact yeah. that you didn't say in either of your first two, JT Miller, who's leading the team in scoring. And six months ago, we were talking about potentially being traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins and a guy that, whose contract was sort of being raked over the coals in van
3: yeah uh, i think he should be an unsigned hero but i also think a lot of last year and i think i think we're seeing it more now he just didn't really care like the team wasn't playing well the team was a gong show up in management and he didn't care for the past two seasons we just saw jt miller not care he didn't back check he didn't want to he didn't want to play hard but we've seen him play hard and we've seen him play like this in the past, as a Canuck, even. So again, you're you're right, he deserves a ton of credit. I'm not trying to not trying to put the spotlight on anybody else, but I just think that we kind of expected JT Miller to play the way he is right now. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming with Brock Bestern. I know nobody saw it coming with Sam Lafferty, but you're right, JT Miller definitely deserves some love. But the thing I want to say about Sam Lafferty is that like, Elias Pettersson's been struggling at 5-on-5. Five five. And, Frank, we brought it up on our show last week with you. Uh, you thought we were trying to slag Pettersson, which is fine. But um, Sam Lafferty's, like, activated Elias Pettersson. He's gotten in hard on the forecheck. He's played that north-south game that Rick Tockett loves so much. He started to get pucks back to Elias Pettersson. He's been a key cog to that line. And, look, I don't know how long it's going to last. We we know this is a bottom-six player playing in a top-six role. Uh, but, but he's been activating Elias Pedersen as of late. And I think that's what's so impressive, not to mention that he was also scoring in his bottom six role as well.
1: What about Nikita Zadarov? Just quickly, because I got another thing I want to hit on too, but what have, what
3: have the early returns been like on Zadarov? How's he fitting into that blue line? Everybody said he would be very chaotic. He is. Uh, he, he has some. He has some crazy pinches. He throws some huge hits. He's fun to watch. Like that. That was. I was talking to Ryan Pike, our managing editor over at Flames Nation, and he was saying, "Yeah, he's going to be really fun to watch, and he's going to make a lot of mistakes." And we've seen that. Uh, do I? Do I think he's going to have a long-term fit playing with Tyler Myers, who's known for his chaotic game? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a long-term fit. Seems but like a right disastrous now pair yeah we 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 called them the zoo pair because everybody calls tyler tyler myers the chaos giraffe that was by our own wyatt art uh and someone called nikita Zadorov the chaos rhino so we uh came up with the zoo pairing um don't know if it's gonna stick but i also don't know if that pairing is going to stick zadorov has been fine uh hasn't made any egregious mistakes but there's been a few moments where you're like oh okay i see i see where there are issues
1: uh roberto luongo is going to be going into the club's ring of honor right away here i know mike gillis came out and said ring of honor is not enough retire the man's number do you agree or disagree with that take is ring of honor the proper
3: level here or should he have gone to the rafters i'm not going to get into it too much but he should have he should have had his jersey retired um the 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 thing that i'll I'll keep it short uh i think the top three goalies of all time are dominic Hasick, patrick waugh and Roberto Luongo is at least in that conversation for number three, I'd say. Uh, so, if that's the case, if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, how is he not getting his jersey retired?
2: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Fair
1: enough, quads. Love the insight. Look forward to the coverage on Canucks Army. Thanks for hopping on today. Thanks, guys. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag ask DFO Frank. We we,
0: we need to take a time out there. He said Roberto Luongo, third best goalie of all time.
1: Olympic and who did he right? have
0: before that? Dominic Hasich and who? Patrick Waugh. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, Marty Brodor. Hello, hello.
1: Okay, some sorry. people would 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 agree with quads. I don't know. I don't think it's that insane. Like he had a really really good run. Yeah, really
0: really right? good career. But that is a very bold. Pr- I love it. I love the because t- now I really need to think about it. I love the take.
1: Quads is in our uh, side chat saying, "Bring me back tomorrow." Lou is better. Uh, Yeah, maybe maybe we'll uh, get you to do some research, Frank. You'll have to give us your top three on tomorrow's show. Uh, Today's hashtag, AskDFO, comes from out in Buffalo. Just three wins in their last 10 games. By points percentage, Frank, they sit dead last in the Atlantic Division. Do you get the sense there's any appetite for change in Buffalo?
0: I know you've asked about the coaching aspect of it. I don't see anything coming. I think they are locked in dead solid with, um, with Don Granato. And more than that, Look, this is a process, and I know the wait has been long for Sabres fans, and and look, the expectations from us have been significantly higher than what the Sabres, I think for everyone, have achieved this year. But I I thought Lance Lysowski made a great point when he was on with us a couple weeks ago talking all 32 and the Sabres, and he said he doesn't get any feeling that Kevin Adams and this current management group wear the weight of 10 or 11, 12 years of futility here. They've only been there for three or four. And that part is they're not going to get lost in the rest of it because of what they're trying to accomplish now. I think the patient approach that they've had has been really admirable, but I think they need to to continue to add to this team instead of just say status quo.
1: Fair enough. Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. A couple of picks for me on this slate, and they are both totals. You see that guy in the bottom corner of your screen? Flyers goaltender has been exceptional so far this season. I'm going with the under between Philly and Washington tonight. Both of these teams have seen the total go under in seven of their last 10 games. Neither of them doing a lot offensively, so I like the under here. And then I'll give you an over because betting on unders is a little boring. I think there will be plenty of offense tonight between the Toronto Maple Leafs And the Columbus Blue Jackets, the total set a goal higher at six and a half. That payout is big, but the Leafs have scored at least three goals in six straight. And Columbus has seen the over hit in four in a row. If you don't love the over six and a half because you don't trust Columbus's uh, offense, I don't blame you with Boone Jenner out of the lineup. So another alternative play is you can get the Leafs over three and a half goals at a similar price point. I could just see the Leafs racking up four or five goals, winning this thing, four or five, one as well. So I don't hate the over. Also, don't hate the Leafs as a team total. That courtesy of our friends at Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca 19+. Please play responsibly. And let's move along to Garbage Time. Frank, it is brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off Survivor game where there are less than 40 people still alive and we're only halfway through the week. The game, it's a killer.
0: Dude, it ain't no joke. I'm telling you, I've been slaughtered in the Wendy's daily face-off Survivor Pool the last few weeks. This week, I survived Monday, but got smoked on Tuesday. Get your picks in if you haven't already, and new game starts on Monday, so get ready for that.
1: Still plenty of chances to win good prizes from our friends at Wendy's, like the new dipitous Combo, their limited edition French toast sticks and chicken strips. Frank, what do you got for garbage time?
0: I wanted to give some love to Eric Johnson, who made his return to Denver on Wednesday night, we already talked about that game and how Nathan McKinnon nearly sent uh, Jeff Skinner into the second row. But in this case, uh, it was great to see the fan reaction. And it was really cool also to see uh, Landeskog and his family uh, up against the glass for warm-ups to welcome back, quote, Uncle EJ. But check out this uh, this sound and the emotion from Eric Johnson, who spent a long, long time with the Avs and won a Stanley Cup. Yeah.
2: Johnson
1: watching the video tribute here at Ball Arena in his return after 13 seasons in the Stanley Cup Championship as a member of the Colorado Avalanche.
3: What a video tribute. Magnificent. But is the game over
1: yet eric johnson was the longest tenured
0: it's a great scene i don't care how many of these video tributes you see it's pretty rare to get a reaction quite like that where everything stops and you have center stage uh that is pretty awesome and to hear the chance it certainly makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up
1: yeah, sometimes they're a little bit overdone, but that one, you could tell it was emotionally charged. For my garbage time, I'm doing Ross Johnston's video tribute in Long Island when he made his return with the Ducks. No, sorry, ah, oh, we're out of time. No time to get to Ross Johnston's video tribute. Uh, uh, what, what did
0: Ross ever do to you? Jeez. <laughs>
1: That's a wrap on today's edition of the show. Shout out to everyone over on the Daily Face-Off YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Daily Face-Off Live presented by Botano, Frank, and Colby Cohn tomorrow. They'll talk to you at 12 12 o'clock Eastern on Friday.
3: Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face-Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.